When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Optimal Startup Daily, episode 330. Should you work for free? By Seth Godin of seths.blog. And I am Dan, and welcome to Optimal Startup Daily, where I read to you from some of the best blogs on entrepreneurship. I do that every single day, including weekends and holidays. And today, we've got a post from Seth Godin, so let's get right to it as we optimize your life. Should You Work for Free? by Seth Godin of seths.blog. That depends on what you mean by work and by free. Work is what you do as a professional when you make a promise that involves rigor and labor, physical and emotional, and risk. Work is showing up at the appointed time, whether or not you feel like it. Work is creating value on demand, and work, for the artist, means putting all of it or most of it on the line. So it's not work when you indulge your hobby and paint an oil landscape, but it is work when you agree to paint someone's house by next week. And it's not work when you cook dinner for friends, but it is work when you're a sous chef on the line on Saturday night. And free? Well, you're certainly not working for free if you get some cash at the end of the night, but what about a nine-minute segment on 60 Minutes about your new project, or a long interview with Krista Tippett on her radio show? Should you get paid for that? Clearly not. Not if you think you'll be able to turn that platform into positive change, into increased trust, into something that moves you forward. As more of us work with abundant ideas, not scarce resources, the question comes up more often. I'm not delving at all into the idea of donating your work to a cause you believe in. That's not a selfish calculation, it's a generous one, and I'm all for it. But to do it for that reason, because paying your work forward is the right thing to do. Harlan Ellison is gifted, inspired, and entertaining, but his profane refusal to work for free confuses work for money with work for actually valuable attention. In his case, he's right. The attention on the DVD had no real value to him. Yes, they could pay for that, but see the point about positive externalities in just a minute. Of course, many people who would have you work for free value attention far differently than you or I might. No, Writing a guest blog post for a little blog is probably not valuable enough to you. No, designing a logo for the zoo for free is probably not valuable either. And the argument that it is valuable, it's good for your portfolio, is inevitably selfish and irrational. The lions get their food, the vets get paid, and even the guy selling peanuts doesn't do it for free. On the other hand, for a long time it made perfect sense for opinion leaders without big blog followings to write for free for the Huffington Post and there's still a line of people eager to write for the New York Times op-ed page, not for the money. And if Oprah calls, sure, answer her, even though her show isn't what it used to be. 
The more generous you are with your ideas and the more they spread, the more likely it is your perceived value goes up. There are double standards all over the place here. There was a national kerfuffle from people who should be doing something more productive about Amanda Palmer giving musicians a chance to practice their hobby or voluntarily gain exposure, but no one complains about all the showcases and music festivals that don't pay musicians a penny. There's a law against having interns do work that ought to be paid for, but college football players give up their health and their time to participate for free in a billion-dollar industry. Positive externalities are one of the magical building blocks of the web. When the work you do creates useful side effects, like the smell wafting from the bakery down the street, it's not only selfish to prevent others from partaking, it's actually stupid. The infrastructure we all depend on only works because we've made it easier than ever for ideas to spread and be shared. That's different, though, from bespoke work and live work and risky work on demand. The challenge of this calculus is that it keeps changing. The landscape changes, and so does your work. When I started my professional speaking career 15 years ago, not only did I speak for free, my company even paid money to sponsor events so I could speak for free. When Ted offered me a chance to speak for free years later, I took it because, in fact, the quality of the audience, the attention to detail, and the chance to make an impact all made it worth it. But when SXSW, a corporation that makes millions of dollars a year, offers me a chance to be a speaker, pay my own way, and hope to get some attention from their very overloaded audience, it's easier for me to say, free makes no sense here. Some of the factors to consider. Do they pay other people who do this work? Do their competitors? Am I learning enough from this interaction to call this part of my education? Is this public work with my name on it, or am I just saving them cash to do a job they should pay for? If I get paid, is it more likely the organization will pay closer attention, promote it better, and treat it more seriously? Do I care about their mission? Can they afford to do this professionally? Will I get noticed by the right people, people who will help me spread the word to the point where I can get hired to do this professionally? What's the risk to me, my internal monologue, and my reputation if I do this work? If you're an up-and-coming band building an audience, then yeah, free, free, free. It's always worth it for you to gig because you get at least as much out of the gig as the organizer and the audience do. But when you've upped and come, then no, it's not clear you ought to bring your light and your soul and your reputation along just because some promoter asked you to. Here's the heart of it. If you're busy doing free work because it's a good way to hide from the difficult job of getting paid for your work, stop. When you confuse busy for productive, you're sabotaging your ability to do important work in the future. On the other hand, if you're turning down free gigs because the exposure frightens you, the same is true. You're ducking behind the need to get paid as a way to hide your art. You just listened to the post titled, Should You Work For Free? by Seth Godin of Seth's.blog. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. And one of the things I really love about Indeed is that it filters out those incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility 
at indeed.com slash startup. So just go to indeed.com slash startup right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash startup. Terms and conditions apply. And thanks to Seth for letting us share his work today. He is a super popular writer. He's got 19 best-selling books. And he's also the creator of Alt-MBA, an online leadership and management workshop. So what Alt-MBA does is it uses digital tools to engage with small groups of 120 students in an intense four-week process. It's been going on since 2015, and it's transformed the lives of more than 4,500 people in more than 70 countries. And a little bit more about Seth, he has been writing daily on his blog for over a decade. More than 60,000 people have taken his online courses, and he's got five TED Talks. His site is definitely worth checking out. He's got a lot to offer there. You can find his huge blog, but also uh, those books I mentioned, as well as podcasts, speaking engagements, and so much more right there on his site. So come by seths.blog to check it all out, and I do have that linked in this episode's description. But I think that's going to do it for today. Hope you have had a great one. Hope you enjoyed the post from Seth. And thanks so much for being a subscriber to our show. And I'll see you back here tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.